Welcome to Ride, the Urban Mobility Podcast. Welcome to Ride, the Urban Mobility Podcast, hosted by me, Martin Carl of Thebetic, and me, Johnny Combe of Payback Ride, the Urban Mobility Podcast, takes a look at the impact of new business models and new technologies on urban mobility from a global business perspective and explores how each new solution fits into the wider mobility ecosystem. The format of Ride is simple. We invite top industry experts to join us for an open and candid conversation. Ride is about the guests, what they have to say and what they bring to the discussion. You can find more details about shows and guests on our website, www.ridemobilitypodcast.com. As the established global automakers struggle to transition from the combustion engine to zero emission motoring, there's a growing number of well-financed electric vehicle startups gaining ground in the EV marketplace, and among them, a number of Chinese automakers. Not long ago, it seemed highly unlikely that Chinese automakers would be able to compete in a market that offered little room for anyone not associated with the established brands, and it certainly seemed unlikely that any contender would come from China. Chinese electric vehicle brands are now growing fast in China, where the government's push on new energy vehicles has seen the domestic EV market grow exponentially. And thanks to that growth and the rapid evolution of the Chinese automotive industry, those Chinese brands are now making headway in global markets. BYD, Xpeng, Li Auto, Geely, these are all becoming familiar names outside China, as is NIO. The Ride podcast recently caught up with Hui Zhang, NIO's Europe Vice President. Yeah, hi, uh, Martin. That, uh, that's me, Hui. I'm the NIO Vice President of Europe. So you're Vice President of NIO in Europe. Right. Uh, give us a little bit of background to what NIO is. Talk about the, the, the cars that you offer. Absolutely. We launched uh, our new uh, five-seater uh, SUV, uh, purely BEV. Uh, we call it ES7. Based on our newest uh, 2.0 technology platform and offered uh, far beyond uh, what you need. Right. So coming back to NEO, we are actually a startup, a global startup, uh, founded in November 2014. And so far, we have been uh, seven and a half year uh, history, and uh, we grow also very quickly. And we are now uh, with a global footprint, uh, with uh, organization here in Europe, uh, from Germany to England, also to the other European country, Norway, uh, Netherlands, uh, Sweden, and Denmark, but also in uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, where we have our engineering team based, especially focused on the alternative driving and also connectivities. And we have uh, sold uh, so far over 200,000 cars on the premium segment. So if you like, NIO is uh, the first Chinese brand with uh, well established in the premium segment. And they're all electric vehicles? They're all BEV. And you use an alphanumeric naming system for the, for the vehicles. Can you tell us, tell us what the range looks like? Uh, this is um, uh, currently for, with a 100 kilowatt battery pack, is a range between 550 to 650, depending on the different uh, vehicle type. Right. And uh, we also announced uh, that we will have uh, uh, Ultra Lang Ranch battery pack uh, mm-hmm. end of uh, this year, uh, together with our first sedan ET7. 
So a few years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I edited a publication all about the Chinese auto industry. And one of the, the threads there was that it would be a long time before Chinese brands would stand a chance of breaking into Europe. <laughs> What's changed? This is a good one. I think what changed is, first of all, the Chinese car industry definitely uh, developed very quickly in the last uh, 20 years. Right? Secondly, the market size is also uh, even 10 or 20 times uh, bigger than uh, beginning of the 2000. Uh, think about before the pandemic, uh, the passenger vehicle uh, had in the peak time about 25 million cars, new cars uh, sales only in the Chinese market. And certainly the supply industry is obviously also quickly developed together with the growth of the car industry. And last not the least is actually together with the mobile internet, there's a more new innovation based on the quick developed mobile internet technology, also including AI and algorithm, which is actually China besides the US, I would say, the two big strongest country and of course it's a help also the car industry uh, getting this uh, new and quick transformation from a traditional vehicle to really smart vehicles so that will be the changes what we could witness in the last uh, 20 years and one of the big things that sets neo apart from other brands is the focus on battery swap you mentioned about uh, the long range in your when you were talking about the vehicle range itself but tell us about battery swap that's something that's had a really difficult past obviously there was better place which looked like it was going somewhere and then didn't succeed and it hasn't really managed to find a foothold yet but you're working on that now yeah, I mean, uh, maybe first of all, some of the hard facts uh, up front. So until today, we have uh, 949 battery swap stations already installed and put into the operation, including one in Oslo. Uh, that's the only one outside China. Right. Uh, and secondly, we have done over more than 8 million battery swap so far already with all the battery swap stations. And from the 950 swap station we have about uh, one fourth located on the alongside the motorway right uh, and uh, three fourths are really uh, in the city right and um, um, i think the difference is uh, we really stayed consistent from the very beginning from the vehicle and the chassis engineering until installation and uh, keep investing in the battery swap station since 2018. So that's why uh, we could uh, really achieve uh, what we we are today in terms of the number of the battery swap, but also in terms of the big data and experience uh, uh, having the battery swap. What makes it viable? Is it um, the fact that you can, or can you use other vehicles' batteries in your battery swap, or is it dedicated only to NEO? Uh, currently, you can only uh, use uh, the battery, uh, the new battery pack, yeah, because all the battery station, tech swap uh, station, is actually uh, engineered for the size of the battery pack. Right. But on the other hand, we always uh, say we are open to other car makers as long as they want to leverage the economics of a scale uh, mm. using our battery swap station. Yeah, because obviously that's the only thing that would make it viable and sustainable. Right. Uh, what, what's the challenge there then? That's having unified battery types or is it being able to accommodate different battery 
configurations? I think uh, the challenge in the future is uh, so far all the 950 battery swap stations uh, for the first generation battery pack of a new. And of course, as our chairman mentioned, uh, in the future we will launch uh, other brand yeah, in a different market segment, but also using the battery swap technology, for which probably we need to do some uh, adoption of the current battery swap station. And uh, secondly, of course, uh, uh, the challenge, uh, especially in foreign countries, including Europe, is really the understanding and also the governmental approval having uh, or setting up the battery swap station. What uh, for example, it took us like uh, uh, eight or ten months to get uh, all the government uh, approval, having the first uh, battery swap station uh, installed in Norway. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's important for you? Is it luxury? Is luxury the important part? Or how, how would a brand breaking into EV, where obviously uh, revenue is so important, and that comes from the luxury aspect, but also mainstream and mass market brings in just as much through volume. What, what's the important thing for you? Is it volume or is it value? I mean, uh, definitely currently uh, for NEO, we position ourselves as a premium smart EV producer. Right? That's why premium is the most important also to establish the brand uh, so far. And we are lucky to see that uh, the average uh, MSRP uh, in the Chinese market of uh, new cars is even uh, much higher than the average price of uh, the other car company from California. Right? And uh, that shows uh, new uh, is uh, well positioned in the premium uh, segment. And as I just mentioned, our chairman announced uh, two weeks ago that we are creating another brand in the other uh, segment. Right. of the vehicle, which definitely in the different price segment and with a higher volume. Because at the end of the day, in the car industry, uh, you still have need to consider about the volume in terms of uh, uh, your overall purchasing price, in terms yeah. of uh, your overall bomb cost, and also in terms of uh, overall your brand impact. And I guess that gives you the opportunity to broaden out beyond uh, saloons to also maybe pickups, roadsters, and other we, vehicle types. I mean, uh, you stay uh, really uh, expecting that we will have a more vehicle type, uh, definitely. And uh, so far, as you can see, we started with the first three SUV type, which is uh, selling very well on the Chinese market, also in Norwegian market. Uh, and we launched the two sedan since uh, uh, 2020. And uh, ET7 already started the delivery in uh, China, and the second sedan will be delivered in uh, this autumn to the Chinese customer. So your message really is stay tuned, right? Right. Great talking to you. Thanks very much. Thank you, Martin. Ride, the Urban Mobility Podcast, is brought to you by Covetic and Pay by Phone. Learn more about Ride Podcast Partners at www.covetic.com and www.paybyphone.co.uk. This episode of Ride was recorded and produced by Martin Strong with marketing support from Natalie Webster. You can subscribe to Ride wherever you get your podcasts and feel free to share it, like it and give it a rating. 
sign up to the Ride LinkedIn page and check out our website for episode notes and links and the Ride podcast blog at www.ridemobilitypodcast.com. <laughs>